All right, welcome back to the Canadian Gun Vault. Behind the vault door, my name is Mark Morelli. I'll be your podcast host, and I have with me today special guest and dear friend, Black Powder Dave. Black Powder Woo. Dave, thank you so much for showing up on the show. Thank you. Right, right on. Black Powder Dave, for those of you that don't know, a longtime member of the Canadian firearm community. I mean, certainly the guy that introduced me to Black Powder and a number of different firearms that I would have never come into contact with without his help. Black Powder Dave. Right. Uh, you know, that name clearly coming from your love of black powder firearms. Let, let's start there. Right. What, what is it that got you into guns? Period. Uh, to be quite honest, when I was very young, yeah. around 18, maybe. Yeah. A friend of mine, just him and his brother decided to go hunting and yeah. they go over to his place and there was some guns there and picking them up and looking at them and <laughs> I don't want to say anything but he told me be careful it's loaded yeah <laughs> at which point I was like huh yeah <laughs> and I said that doesn't seem right yeah anyway, he took it off me and parked it in the corner and he turned into a cop later so yeah it was all okay. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all that doesn't surprise me at all well you know what but things 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 were different <laughs> things were different i mean like, i'm i'm Lots i'm gonna different. I, i'm gonna i'm gonna you know uh start off by saying that black, black powder dave is it safe to say that you're over the age of uh 45 well beyond well beyond okay all right so like i mean uh, we're talking about pre we're talking about pre-80s now right we're talking into the 70s yeah yes. okay all right so things 70 yeah, maybe 1970. 70? Yeah, okay. Right around 1970. All right. So, you know, so you're, 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 you're a man that's been around the block. You've seen a lot of changes over the years, uh, you know, certainly within the firearm community, certainly uh, Not as it for relates. the better. You, yeah, some, some things, some things I, I would agree, uh, are pro you'd have to agree that are probably better, uh, you know, in terms of storage and safety now. I mean, the things that we did, like, I mean, even me, like, I mean, I did some things back in the late 80s that I'm sure would uh, cause a few people people to frown at me today uh you know we, we just didn't know any better back then i mean yeah. that, that was back when you could you know drink and drive uh you know and not wear seat belts and we did and, yeah and i mean and people did that and it, it, it is as unacceptable as it is today and as ridiculous as it sounds maybe to us today just you know maybe like smoking uh you know like i mean people now have a better understanding of the dangers involved and yeah. you know as a result we've got some better you know we've got some better safety regulations yeah but, a little bit of witch hunting going on like oh, some of them are getting a little bit over the top. Oh, yeah. As a rule, they're okay. It's like our gun licensing. Yep. I have no problem with. Yeah. And I think it does help to verify that people walking around with guns are actually yeah. safe people. Yep. Yep. No, no. It makes, I know the, uh, compared to the U.S. where certain states have just wide open, anybody can have them. And yeah, then they run into more problems. Yeah, but. well, there's 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 a lot of differences between us and the U.S. Certainly in our in our, his, in our histories, uh, they have a different culture down there. I mean, yeah. I I don't want to I don't want to fault the U.S. for for some of their you know uh, strategies as it relates to you know firearm policy, but at the same time, you know, I'm sure they could do well with some change uh, and some improvement as as long as it doesn't compromise you know the Second Amendment. I, I'm yes. sure that there's a lot of people down there that just they want to see the country be safer. Uh, you know, and, I'm afraid that it's going to go a lot like here, where the liberals are. Every time they come in, they take a little more. Oh yeah, it's absolutely. It's just a steady diet it, of a little more, a little more, a little more, and then one day you're going to wake up and you'll have nothing. Yeah, it's 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 in in my experience, certainly in my exposures to the firearm community and, and to the the changes in law in the last you know 25 years, it's a battle of real estate. 
uh, that we keep on losing. Like it yes. just seems, it just seems like every time, every time we come to the table, uh, we're losing, we're losing ground. It's like they ask for the stars, but they settle for the moon. And no matter what, we we give up. Yeah, something. something's giving up, but yeah. they're doing it a little piece at a time, so it doesn't look like they're doing much bad. Yeah, yeah. But it's liberals are predictable. They will always come after us. They will never go after criminals. Yeah, it's just their nature. Well, you know, and and, and not to correct you, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say liberals because I, I mean I, I often too, just like you, associate, um, you know, the loss of you know maybe some rights and privileges uh, to with, with the liberal community. The, the truth is, is there's a lot of liberals that are shooting guns now. I think I think it's probably safer to to say maybe the you know the gun coalition people, the anti-gun people, which which you know quite often are liberal. Liberal, yes. uh, you know, minded people. Well, uh, they are the voters that liberals tend to target, though. Yeah. That brand of people. Yes. Yeah. So they definitely know how to target groups. Yep. And that keeps them in power. Well, you know, and, and speaking of targeting groups, that, that before I forget, because I know I'm liable to, to miss this one, uh, you know, over the years, the regulation changes. There always seems to be a a clear divide. They keep on breaking the firearm owners into smaller subgroups, mm-hmm. and you know the, the classification system. I've talked about this many times, and it's one of those things that, that I keep coming back to. the The classification system, uh, you know, while while I'm sure it serves some some kind of purpose, uh, I, I think that if people looked at it carefully, they would see that they've taken the firearm community and they've broken us up into these little subgroups. And it makes us easier to kind of attack. Well, it's a standard policy of divide and conquer. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you're you're a fan of history. You understand how that works. I mean, if you can take an enemy and divide it up into subgroups and pick them off, you know, one category yep. at a time, you know, you'll you'll have a lot more success than attacking the large, broader, you know, uh, community as a whole. Community yes. as a whole. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it, yeah, and I mean, it, we've certainly seen some things in. Uh, you know, in the UK and in Australia, you know, I've been telling people for years, you know, if you're if you're part of the hunting community or the sport sporting clay community, if you think that your, you know, semi-automatic uh, trap gun is safe, if you think that you're maybe wrong. your hunting rifle is safe, you're wrong. You're, you're wrong. You're wrong. They could very easily come after those. Well, you know, it, it's all a matter of, you know, optics and perception and the way uh, they present it to the yeah. public. You know, like, I mean, right now, right now they'll look at, you know, uh, what they would call you know assault style uh, military uh, style firearms and, and they definitely have always targeted them first uh, it's, it's but- an optic that the public who don't understand firearms will accept yeah yeah Not well- knowing that that five round ar is no different from a five round hunting rifle they both do same thing my sister when i took her out she's very liberal yes but did love shooting she thought yeah. it was great yeah and i'll never forget she turned one day and she looked on the rack and said, my God, that thing looks scary. And I said, yeah, and you know what it can do that the one you're holding can do? She goes, what? I said, absolutely nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're it's the same thing. It's it's a matter of perception. Yes. And, 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 and I hate to say this, uh, but ignorance. I mean, if you don't if you don't know guns, uh, you probably shouldn't make any comment on whether no, or not you know, people, people should have believe what they hear on the media. Yeah. Which yeah. is, as we all know, Reports what they want to report, not necessarily the truth. Yeah, we've seen we've seen a lot of slanted uh, yes. reporting going on. Certainly, when they when they present it to the public, they love to they love to portray you know uh, you know the AR-15 specifically as a, as a as a as a exceptionally dangerous firearm. When when the Which reality is, is, is it's it, no 
dangerous than anything else. Yeah, you know, it's I, I, you know, there, there, there probably have been more people killed with twenty-two long rifle over the years than, than than any other round on the planet, which which is generally accepted to to be, you know, uh, a standard kind of hunting and recreational cartridge. Yeah, I'm not sure about that fact, but it could I'm, be. I'm, it could easily be just as deadly as anything else yeah yes. well but. well I, I know I, I know that uh, you know regulated highly regulated firearms like restricted firearms like uh, you know in Canada that's hand pistols you know they I mean firearms are, are used you know infrequently enough in, in in crimes in Canada you know like just in general like yep. firearm 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 crime or crime involving you know firearms is 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 a much less frequent occurrence than it is in the U.S. And I think that that's where a lot of the confusion lies is people watch the media and they watch the news and they see that, you know, that things are going on in the U.S. Uh, here in Canada, we have uh, very little uh, firearm related crime uh, in, in, in terms of, you know, the, 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 the larger picture. You know, we yeah. don't have much of that. And then when you break that number down into, you know, the the more... Well, the small, the smaller kind of uh, portion of you know, like firearm crime, and then you look at it in in respect to how many people uh, actually legally own the guns, like then have, have gone through the trouble of legally obtaining those firearms. You'll find that they don't even register as a percent. Like no. they, they, it's, it's just it's the number, very small. the number, the number is so ridiculously small. I mean, and, and you're gonna have you're gonna have people that fall through the cracks. Uh, it will it will occasionally happen, but it's so it's so you know so so minute yes. that it doesn't even register. And yet the government, uh, you know, would have us you know believe that there's a, a gun problem, you know, gun problem in this country. Well, it's politics. It's politics. Yeah, it's something they can sell. Yeah, and, and I've always known that. And I said that even as a child, you know, like a child. As, as a young man, you know, I was 18 or 19 years old. And I, and I realized then that, you know, the government would make a, a serious effort to pretend like they're doing something about gun-related crime, when in fact they're not. I mean, they're, they're, they're not. They're attacking gun owners. They, these are not the people responsible. No, because uh, it's a lot easier to attack us than to attack a criminal yeah i mean we've had mafia we've had drugs and biker gangs and everything and they're still here they they, they still exist and they're against the law but is that anything changed with them no there's well, still drugs are running rampant yeah and, and, and you know what to to i have heard the 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 term quite often low-hanging fruit i mean that's that's where we kind of run into a bit of a problem as a yes. firearm community they change the rules we really don't have the ability to kind of stand up on a chair and scream and shout that this is absolutely ridiculous and lose our marbles uh when when in fact we probably should with the way we've been mistreated over the years but the truth is is that you know we're easy to pick on because we obey the rules they change them we obey them that's that's that's, right. that's kind that's of the way Canadian it works way, right? yeah when yeah canadians rebel yeah, well, I'm, I'm finding more and more yeah. now, though, with the advent of social media and the Internet and in a way that connects us all together, that, that more and more people are, are uh, you know, not happy with the way our government runs things. Yeah, you know, kind of enthusiastically opposed to the idea of, of you know, complying, you know, with with just just blanket rule changes that have an impact on us that's you know very negative yes. not even just environment but just across the board with taxation with pricing and the whole green nonsense going on and oh. it's just like uh oh things are just getting crazy uh -oh. out there and we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna get into politics you and i aren't oh, we oh we might be all right well then tell then tell me you know what this, i am you, all for conservation and for green if it's done properly and works and all yep. i'm seeing right now is 
Green money. Yeah, you know, I, I I tell you, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that are accusing our current government of attempting to. And believe me, I've been criticized. You know, just the minute you open your mouth and you say anything that runs contrary to, you know, maybe what the government is shoveling out there with the, with their green policies. <laughs> Something brown and smelly. Yeah, you know, you know, hey, I I, I too am for you know any improvement uh, that has a positive impact on the environment. Any anything. That it helps us, you know, uh, take better care of our planet. But at the same time, I, like I'm starting to really believe that the tinfoil hat theorists are, are right that that a lot of the policies that are being put forward, a lot of the initiatives that are being put forward, really don't have anything to do with taking better care of our planet. They no. have to do with money. It's money. Yeah, like you see, you know, you've seen what's across the street from me that gigantic fan. <laughs> you don't like the windmills. Eh? I can't stand that noisy. Yeah. thing and and they are noisy. Yeah, so so yeah, you you live you live pretty close to one. I mean, what's what what are your experiences like with it? I mean, you can actually hear it? Oh yeah. Right? I, I mean, I just see them off in the distance spinning yeah, no, slowly. It depends on the wind and the speed it's going in the direction, but there are nights that where I can actually hear it in my pillow at night when I'm sleeping. You can really? hear that motor just grinding. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. Now, you know what? I have often thought so, that I might like to live out in the country. Noise. Yeah. yeah. The noise from the fan blades that yeah. makes that loud whoosh. Yeah. And also the motor itself, because the motor's trying not to turn. Yeah. Right? Oh, okay. So that makes like this grinding kind of sound. So you get the whoosh with this grind sound mixed in with it. You know, the, the windmill, the, the windmills, I mean, the, 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 I've seen a lot of people that are really unhappy about these things. I've heard rumors of, of you know, cattle that have been driven crazy by it and made mm -hmm. ill and, and earthworms, you know, from the vibrations coming up to the surface and then having actually a negative impact on the environment. I, I've heard... Yeah. I've heard rumblings that they don't they don't effectively kind of process the energy that uh, there there is. Well, it's haphazard. Yeah, yeah, yeah the well, energy is put in at different rates from all over Ontario. Like yeah, wherever the wind's different, so they all feed in at different rates. Yeah, and somebody brilliantly yeah decided that all their energy goes on the grid first. Yes. Now, how do you control it? Gas plants have to keep cycling down to control when they're pumping in. Okay. Right? Okay. When you cycle down the gas plant, guess what happens? What? Pollution goes up. Oh, really? Because you're now running at an inefficient rate. That... So what have you accomplished here? You've made free wind-powered energy, but increased pollution by the way that's controlled. Okay, you know, getting getting into that, you know, like I, I, I hadn't I hadn't planned on going this direction, but you know, though, it's Sorry. an important no 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 no. It's a, it's an important topic because you know what though, it all it all speaks back to the intelligence levels of our government, and, and you know what, and, it, and that Green that perception. Well, you know what, and it, it'll all come back. It'll all come back to the policies they put forward and how they're ineffective and how they're wasteful and how they spend our tax dollars in a fashion that that really isn't consistent with a you know responsible government. Government, in my opinion, yep. so I mean, you, you're telling me you're telling me that these wind turbines actually may bump out uh, ultimately more pollutants than possibly. The, yeah, I'm not saying 100. percent I just heard this. Yeah, and we all know that. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching, and these things have been since an election got called. Yeah, it's coming close. Yeah, I've never seen these things off so much. Oh, really? And it's like, okay, is uh, somebody trying to pump up their financial numbers by not running them because it, we lose money by running them? Really? Well, yeah, because we already make more energy than we need. So yeah. all the energy these are making is, from what I've been told, is basically being shipped to the States for free. 
yeah. or we have to pay the Americans to take it yeah, away. Yeah, you know, I've I've heard you, you I've, produce electricity; it has to be burnt. See, this is this is one of those subjects that really, uh, if it's true, uh, it really burns my ass. If we actually are producing too much energy and are exporting it out of the country, and we're actually having to pay people to, to take, take it, it away, is yeah. that is that like if that's true, I'm gonna lose my marbles. I've heard that before. I want to believe that it's it's absolutely stupid. Uh, if that's the case, I mean, if if they're producing Producing too much energy, why not give it to us for free? I mean, exactly. like, why, like, why, why is the rates it? And have us burn it. Yeah, like I mean, you know, like, give it, it no give sense. it to us. We'll, we'll find a way to use it. I, I, you know, I'll buy some new power tools. We'll, I, we'll make I think some. The government well, wants just has this thing where they want Canadians to have less, so they keep overcharging us for everything. I gas. I, well, I've, I, well, I've, I've seen, I've seen hydro rates go through the roof in the last eight years. I like, I can't believe what we pay. Like we we're, we've got more windmills, like, you know, turning in this province. And yet we're paying these ridiculous rates. I mean, if it's supposed to be that much better, if we've got a surplus, why are we paying that much more? Exactly. You know, somebody's it, making money. Oh, I'm sure somebody is. Yeah, I, you know, from I, what, from what I heard, the deal that was made, in Ontario, the people in Ontario yeah. that own these things yeah. get three times what the owners in the U.S. get. Okay. So their profits are like skyrocket. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, I have a pretty limited understanding of, of the turbines and their use. I know that a lot of people have complained, you know, uh, about them going up yeah. uh, in terms of, you know, how they how they perform and I mean right down to how they look I mean I, I don't have a problem with them but if you if you told me though that it was going to keep me awake at night I, I think I might I'm not saying take one awake, down but I can hear it yeah and, and it is annoying and it's like I live in a green zone I walk out and it's like that is the most ungreen thing out here yeah like, well, you know, they, you know they, if you're going to build them put them near the city yeah, the cities are the ones that are eating all the power. Not us out here. Yeah, like Toronto, Ottawa. These are the big cities that suck up a lot of power. I'm sure there's a lot of people in the city that don't want to look at them. Probably it makes no. a lot more. It makes a lot more sense to have the country okay. folk taking care of that particular. You Let's know, figure this item. one out. Where are most of the liberal ridings in the city? Yes. Where aren't there any wind turbines in the city? Yeah, coincidence. Yeah. I don't what know. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. Yeah. Well, we can't have them out in the front of Toronto in the water. No, no, bad for the fish. Oh. But we can have them in Lake Erie. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, and I, I've even heard that they, some of these things have blown up that they can actually spin so fast. Uh, if if, uh, if, if something goes, supposed to be a minimum or like a maximum speed, then they're kind of like shut down. And they and they got they got they did have one way. breakout Chatham way, I believe. Recently, one just broke into. Oh, watch it on YouTube. If, if you've never seen one blow up, it's 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 actually yeah. uh, I'm sure very dangerous, but awesome to watch because they they fly apart. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, probably something seized in the motor and then yeah, like boom. well, I, I think I. Think like a bomb I think out. I think it, I think it has some kind of gearing uh, within its within its you know uh, mechanical inner workings that, yes, that kind of slows them down so they don't spin up too fast. Yeah, I guess if that part if that part breaks, uh, you're you're into you know like a propeller uh, on a bicycle with your kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just gonna spin up so fast that eventually it starts throwing props, and next thing you know, you've got this giant tower coming down. <laughs>
Yeah, I don't think it would hit my hose, but it probably wouldn't be that far away. Well, you know, I know, I know you're relatively close to it, but let's let's get back onto the subject yes. of guns for a second. Now, you know, I, 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 I do. I could talk to you about a lot of things, but I want to get I want to get back onto guns. Not that I'm opinionated. No, you know what? Hey, heaven forbid anybody accuse you of having a strong opinion, Black yeah. Powder Dave. So let's let's get back into guns for a second. I mean, you you've seen a lot of change. You know, you see this uh, C71 bill that they've uh, they've tabled and they've got coming up. Uh, the proposals to the new legislation, having uh, the RCMP have uh, you know full reign and, and the ability to arbitrarily change classes of firearms. What do you, what do you think of that? Because I mean, scares me. That, yeah, you know, you've been around long enough right. to see a lot of things. What, what do you give me okay, your opinion? This is my breakdown. Yeah, Trudeau and Ralph Goodale. Yes, appoint a female RCMP commissioner. Okay, Goodale hands the RCMP full jurisdiction over what is and isn't. So basically they're allowed to make the law on firearms. Yes. Goodell goes, I think I want to get rid of this off our streets. He goes to this commissioner that he appointed. Yes. And goes, get rid of this. And she goes to her lawyers and mm-hmm. says, find a way to get rid of this. And they go like, okay, I got to get my paycheck. Okay. Right. And yeah. that kind of scares me that the politicians could go through this appointee to do their bidding. Certainly, there's a lot of danger connected to, in yeah, my right. opinion, you know, like, well, I mean, the government's going to stand back and go like, we well, didn't do RCMP it. The RCMP made this decision, not us. Yeah. It may not be true. Yeah. It you know, it's a little scary. The the idea, the idea that potentially, potentially, uh, potentially, they, they, this government could pass the buck and avoid, you know, culpability for, you know, uh, blanket banning things. Uh, that would require, however, uh, the RCMP uh, to, you know, give in to demands uh, of the government, which I've always, I've always worried. You know, when you've got people that are in positions of power where they're appointing uh, the individuals that will be heading the organizations yes. that that are going to be in control of making these decisions. When you talk about the government uh, that also controls the budgets that allow these organizations to operate, there's always that danger. Yes, that, abuse of power. That there's going to be an abuse of power, and I'm not suggesting that the RCMP would. But at the same time, the danger exists. It certainly does. And anytime you put people in, in positions like this and and give them this kind of power, uh, there there is the po- potential uh, well, for abuse. And the, I, I hate to see that happen. The danger of anything in life is that human beings, yes. by their very nature, yes. are unfortunately very easily twisted by power and power. money. Power and money. Power and money. It will take an honest person and turn them bad. Well, when you look at when you look at historically, though, the treatment that we've received from the RCMP, you know, brass and the administration from the highest levels, you know, uh, there, there, there's always been. I mean, it, it makes sense. I was part of the law enforcement community. I can tell you right now that if I was in charge of, you know, a policing organization, I would want to make sure that uh, fewer guns were out there that, you know, would be perhaps in hands that shouldn't be uh confronting you know my officers i i, I hate the criminals, idea yes yeah criminals yes yeah, uh, so it might be a t- it might be an easy sell you know to to pitch that to uh you know the rcmp and say look you know what less guns is better and i mean i always remember that sort of uh vein of thinking you know being very pervasive in the in the law enforcement community is less guns is better uh at the same time though i, I think that now more and more uh at least at the municipal level uh, i've seen a lot more police officers that 
seem to be accepting of the fact that you know people own firearms. They, they legally own firearms, and they use them recreationally, and they don't hurt anybody. And these people are actually responsible for less crime than anybody else because they're they're so carefully screened and regulated. Yeah. And I mean, you can't maintain the license if you get into any kind of trouble. But I'll interject a bit here sure. from my past. Yes. When I was young. Yes. The early twenties, kind of thing. Yeah. And I had the gun rack in the back of my El Camino. No way. Okay, we're driving ta- around. <laughs> you get the Camino out. Yeah, I had the El Camino SS. <laughs> uh, be driving around. We go duck hunting or whatever. We'd yeah. We pull into. Uh, there weren't many back then, but yeah. a McDonald's. Yeah. And we'd have her belts on with her shotgun shell stuffed in it and her knife hanging out of yeah. it. And we'd go in and order our burger and fries because we were starving after a day of duck hunting. Yeah. Right? Nobody batted an eye. I yeah. go down to Young Street in yes. Toronto. Yes. I bought a Swedish Youngman assault rifle for $59. Yeah. And I said to the guy, could you just wrap it in paper? And he goes, why? And I said, well, I don't really want to walk down Young Street with uh, this rifle. Yeah. And he goes... I've never heard of such a thing. Just go. Oh, right? wow. Yeah, things were different back then. Yeah, and yeah. it was just like the whole, like, I've watched it happen from then till now, and it's almost like somebody's been selling the evil yes. towards firearms that nobody before batted an eye. Yeah. You, you were and now right. it's like somebody sees a kid with a little air rifle in the backyard plinking in their phone, and the police going like, oh, my God, and the SWAT team shows up. the SWAT team phones up, and the next thing is like, well, I bought it for the kid to play with, and it's just like, here, take it. We don't want it, right? And it's like people have become trained to be afraid yeah you, you, well now this will this will bring me to my one, one of my other points i mean you you've seen the transition from uh you know just general acceptance of uh, firearms being part of any kind of community activities uh, you know like the, in there school, was no in school, fear there was no fear back there then but no like fear. i mean like like do you remember do you like i mean you're you're old enough to remember the times yeah. when you know like you, you bring guns to school and i hate to say it mm. but the new firearms community it's almost like and you know Mike, and he yeah. says, I feel like I have to hide from people. Yeah, yeah. And they said, like, it's just wrong that it's become like this. Like, that would be like saying anybody who owns a Porsche has to hide it. Yeah, okay. Because, yeah. like, it's bad. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna fill in some of our audience members here. You know, uh, you know Dave here has made reference to a friend of ours, Mike. Uh, you know, dear, dear friend. Uh, great guy, uh, relatively new to the firearm community within the last you know four years or so. Uh, Mike's been introduced to firearm ownership, loves it, uh, has embraced you know uh, yeah he's really he's really embraced you know the lifestyle and, and actually finds enjoyment in so many different uh, different. Uh, activities and, and disciplines and yet you know he shared the same thing with me he said he said flat out he says you know what why do I feel uh, you know not embarrassed but but afraid to share this with people why why do I feel this shame because uh, they're gonna squeal on me yeah and this fear that there's yeah. gonna you know I, I feel like I have to hide he said that to me too and and you know what I said no you don't you, you don't have to hide it you can be you can be kind of careful in terms of your delivery uh, you know to, to with who you share it with but at the same time though you, you shouldn't be ashamed of it and that's something that I've been trying to combat with the Canadian gun vault that's part of the reason why I created this is I saw a need to to thrust uh, our activities into the uh, public eye so that they could see us you know enjoying firearms peacefully uh, recreationally using these guns and I mean to to be able to look people in the eye and say I enjoy this it's no different than golf or fishing or any other activity but right? you get them out 
and yeah. what the attitude change. Yeah, well, well that, that's that's one of our primary mandates is to get these people out and to have people. I love I love when I get people that say that they don't like guns out to shoot. I mean, I've I've Once offered they try it. They go like, this isn't the way I expected it. No, to be. no, no. And, and even and even the diehards that that are clinging to you know the fear, the connected to to firearm use, will often admit that they love it, but they don't necessarily think that people should have access to these things. Yeah. You know, I trust I trust myself, but I don't trust other people. Uh, you know, I've seen that happen on occasion. More often than not, though, I've managed to turn those people around with the help of uh, you know the Canadian Gun Vault community yeah. and, and watch them get their licenses. I, I Nothing pleases me more than to take someone who's afraid of firearms and turn them into a diehard gun lover. I mean, you've, yeah. seen, you've awesome. seen some of the conversions yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, to get them out there, to have somebody, you know, wander up to the line uh, that's out with, you know, some friends that's actually made, you know, the leap of faith uh, to actually attend a gun range and, and to, to have them kind of, you know, uh, put you know, that grin on their face. Yeah, yeah. The grin, it's it, just that I love it. Yeah, you know, making making uh, converts out of the uh, you know the misinformed is yeah. one of my favorite pastimes, and it's and certainly... after you put that grin up just shooting, yeah, and I introduce them to the black powder, yeah, and watch that grin go even bigger, yeah, and, and for the people out there that have never seen you know black powder doing his thing, uh, you know, dangerous as it can be at times uh, for the people out there. Well, no, like I mean, to, to be fair, like you know, you think that it's archaic technology that's you know over a hundred and you know hundred and fifty years old that it can't be unsafe you know it's an actual explosive yeah black powder is an explosive explosive. and 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 quite honestly it's not it's not beginner territory and it's one of the things i love about you because i mean like you you're you're a seasoned shooter and you would think that as you get older and and more experienced that you would be into more advanced you know type uh type items when in fact when it when in fact yeah i see you got to see the smile on his face right now folks it's awesome as you go backwards in time it gets more and more fun it's actually more fun yeah, like I, the stuff that's coming out today, I know this the new generation. This is what they're seeing. Yes, but once you turn them into the old stuff, they start looking at it, going like, "Hey, yeah, this stuff's pretty cool." Yeah, I, 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 we will historical. Well, you know, it's in addition to having historical significance, there's also you know a lot of fun connected to it. Uh, it slows everything right down. I mean, you 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 know, if you're into shooting fast and you're into the latest greatest tactical hardware, that's fantastic and all. Yeah. But there's something really cool about loading a you know a flintlock you know musket and watching that thing go up. I, I tell people like you know you can get behind the wheel of a you know a 50 caliber uh, bolt action you know uh, rifle and and that's got a lot of stomp and that's that's definitely an exciting item to use but if you really want a test of nerve right if you really if you really if you really want to know you know uh you know how how courageous you know a person can be get behind the wheel of a musket and have that pan flash uh two inches away from your nose right (laughs) before the gun goes off for those of you out there that haven't tried black powder yet when you load a musket a flintlock musket uh you know and you drop you drop the hammer on that thing you you have uh, occurring uh, about two inches away from your nose uh, a flash in the pan that goes off first right and then and then a minor delay before there's this loud fire yeah this this loud low level thump and a boom that escapes the gun and this giant flash trying not to flinch you know if there's anything on the planet that'll make you flinch it's a flintlock rifle 
Yeah, and, and you know what? And I've certainly seen you do it uh, quite often and uh, without without flinching one little bit. You're, I do flinch sometimes. Well, you know, as, as we get older, we start to, you know, yeah. develop a, a sense of, uh, you know, mortality, I think. <laughs> it, can be, it can be really, uh, you know, uh, unnerving. Make, make mistakes. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, black powder isn't one of the activity, one of those activities that affords a lot of error. I've seen you load guns. I mean, you're, you're incredibly safe for a guy that's gone from, you know, the 60s, shooting guns in the 60s and 70s uh, till today. Uh, you know, uh, you've seen a lot of changes in the laws and, and yet you've never you've never struck me as anything but a completely safe, you know, uh, guy on the line and, and a lot of fun to hang out with. And, and you know, I know, I, I know you've got to get going soon because you're yes. on your way up. I'm going to be late. Yeah, I'm going to make you now, late. But, but you I, know what? He'll wait. Nah, he'll, he'll wait. I wanted to grab you before you left town and I wanted to uh, definitely have a word with you. Thank you so much, Black Felder Dave, for yeah. appearing on the show. Right, Great having you here and i can't wait to get out on the line again with you soon uh hopefully that won't be too long one of these days uh you know what i promise we'll get, get up, up to galt and drag me in there right you know what galt galt is on the horizon for you yeah. buddy it's been it's been too long since we've gotten out and pulled the trigger and smelt the powder so i'm uh, really That's looking great. forward to getting you out there all right It'll be fun all right. well thanks for having me excellent thanks for being here well we hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast don't forget to uh, be safe out there this long weekend folks and as always canada shoot straight stay safe mm-hmm.